Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Darren Cooney and today I'm joined by Michael Gannon and James Flynn to discuss all the latest from Celtic Park. On the pod today we salute the champions on their eight in a row success. We examine Peter Law's congratulations to the champions and his healthy margin comment. We ask, should there be a Guard of Honour Ibrox on Sunday? We discuss Lenny's corner joy and ask if sexy football is back at Celtic Park and we delve into the truth about that Josie Mourinho link. Okay guys, right, first of all, of course... Let's talk about Celtic's eight in a row uh, victory that they achieved on Saturday at Aberdeen. Michael, were you there? Uh, I wasn't, no. Um, before we congratulate Celtic, congratulations to yourself for getting to that intro. <laughs> <laughs> After 10 attempts, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I've seen the game Saturday. Um, I thought it was like, once Celtic scored the first goal, I thought it was a terrific performance to get the job done. Um, and they've actually made it look fairly straightforward. I know that it's been a bit laboured at times in recent weeks, but the team's running the fumes. But I think it's been quite an impressive um, stride for the line. I think, I mentioned before, a couple of the draws they picked up on the way wouldn't have happened if they hadn't won that old firm game. Um, they stepped up for the big games when they mattered. The Kelly game and Aberdeen game were, were, were difficult games and they got the job done for the second half. On Saturday I thought they were, they were really impressive and done it in style. Mm. Um, and you've got, you, you've got to say it's a, a tremendous achievement this year. You think of all the things thrown at Celtic this year yeah. in terms of the manager looking for an escape hatch and from August, uh, hard not in the job anymore. The recruitment uh, or two at least two windows was fairly abysmal. The injury list was horrific. I mean, you look at the players that have missed this season, sizable chunks, ones that have played through injuries. Um, I think when you take a look at the whole big picture, I think it's been a, a pretty magnificent achievement to get to um, the title uh, in such comfortable fashion, you've got to say. A nine-point gap, I think, slightly misleading. Like I said, those, those draws, I think, wouldn't have happened without the, the win uh, against Rangers at Tilly Park, which effectively won the title. Yeah. So I think it's been a bit of a cruise when it could have been really, really difficult. Yeah. James, do you think the kind of psychological trauma suffered by the Celtic players has been kind of dismissed in all this and not really the, the full gravity has not been grasped? I think so. I mean... As Michael just reamed off all the, the, the episodes that have happened this season, it has been a really, really, really hard-fought season. And the, the manner in which Brendan Rodgers left, I mean, he left with almost no notice. We had a game the very next day and it was it was left to Neil Lennon to come in and pick up the pieces. So I think that, that's been underplayed. But I think also what has been underplayed as well is the, the job that Neil Lennon's done. I mean, there, there couldn't have been worse circumstances for him to come into the job, you know, with so much at stake and with lots of difficult ties and with as Michael was saying, the injury list and the, all this, you know, you don't know how the squad are going to react to Brendan Rodgers walking out um, and I think to sort of plaster and tape it together and really drag us over the line in these last few few weeks has been has been a phenomenal achievement Yeah, do you, do you think it's been received rather, you know it's a bit of a muted response to amongst some section of supporters is that fair or have I just spoken to the wrong supporters and it's not a true reflection of how they feel? No, I think I think Neil Lennon deserves credit for the job that he's done and, and I think people are really, I'm personally I'm really happy with the job that he's done and I'm pleased that he came in when he did and he deserves a lot of credit and a lot of gratitude for it. I think some people, and myself included, are nervous that he's just automatically going to walk into the role next season based on what he's done here and I think that's probably why people are muted. They don't want to, don't want to be too enthusiastic maybe for Neil Lennon in case that looks like an endorsement for next year. And what, what's wrong with that? Why, why would they feel that way then, and yourself included? I, th- I think Neil Lennon is an on is on on the job interview. 
at, at the moment, and uh, and it's, he's done well, and he's, as I say, under the circumstances, he's done really well. But you at least want to see a recruitment process. I do a recruitment process of some description. Yeah. You know, you want to see other people spoken to, and then if you've spoken to other candidates, and after everyone you've spoken to, it turns out that Neil Lennon is still the best guy then by all means give them the job. But I don't think automatically just giving them the job without speaking to anyone else is, is necessarily the way to do it. If, if Neil Lennon wasn't Neil Lennon, right? See, he was some trendy German manager, right? Who, who got dropped in a day's notice mm. back in February and achieved what sort of achieved since then. Would there not be a clamour to give him the job full time? Maybe, but also the, the question can be asked, if Brendan Rodgers left at the end of the season and didn't leave the way that he left, would Neil Lennon's name even be in the frame for this well, it was the last time he was going to be the last time before he just got it so it would have been in the frame again I just don't know if there'd be I don't know if there'd be much support though for Neil no, no, I just, no I'm not playing devil's advocate I just think that there is a kind of uh, I don't know familiarity with these contempt sometimes yeah and there's always if it was if it was, if it was a David Wagner or any any kind of trendy foreign boss that came in and got that job done I think there would be people signing his name and, and demanding that he gets a, a contract no I think they're probably um, I think they're probably right on uh, because it's Neil and he's, yeah people know him and they almost take them for granted a wee bit. I think, I think they won't know. I, won't, I don't think people maybe will realise the job done in this last couple of months until maybe there's distance between it. Maybe mm-hmm. a couple of years time, then maybe they'll appreciate it more. Um, then again, when quite possibly more than likely get the job and then the moves on and yeah. comes of eventually but it'll come to an end at some point. Yeah, and there's a recognition. The fans go right. This is our guy. Yeah. Let's get yeah. behind him. Yeah, but um, I think some. I think. City fans have got a bit blasé, haven't they? I think in recent years, I think that what's it, fourteen titles in twenty years? Or something mm. like that. There's a whole generation of, of and by the way, the other six titles that some would argue that they were thrown away by Celtic. Others argue they should be scrubbed from the record. Let's not go there. Too late. You uh, yeah. So you talk about that's a generation. That's a, I mean, twenty years is a long time for that for that to, to happen. So people are kind of used to it. Um, so there isn't that outpouring of of emotion. Plus, it's like I say, we're from Alty since March. Um, I think there's just there's a lot on the line on next next year and the next two years, isn't yeah. there? There's, oh, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot on the line, um, and I think, like I say, it's not necessarily that Neil Lennon isn't the man for the job because you're right. There's always, you know, it's very easy for people to say, "Oh, I don't want Neil Lennon. I want," and then you go, well, "Who do you want?" Oh, just some foreign manager that's won something Some's somewhere. Journey, yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, I think from my point of view and for a lot of Celtic fans, I speak to, you want to see a recruitment process and if it ends up with Neil Lennon is the guy for the job like Dan says we're all going to get behind him and he's the guy yeah it's, it's mitigating risk isn't it um, the Celtic roll the dice and go for somebody trendy we're not going to listen we'll get to that later on but we're not going to get a, a, a real A-lister uh, and that job I don't think like I read in Rogers. I don't think that's going to happen again the stars aligned for that one um, so therefore you're taking a notch down in terms of uh, profile is that a gamble? Is, is Lenny a, a less of a gamble? That's the decision they made in the, the boardroom of Parkhead. Right, okay. Well, without accelerating through the whole script, Michael, we'll, we will return to that later. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's return to the Celtics title that they, they sealed on Saturday. And Peter Lowell has given his reaction to it today. And it goes back to, again, the reaction from the fans and how the, the, the success has been received when he said... They won it by a healthy margin, which was 12 points on Saturday when it was clinched. And you've looked back at last year, Michael, and you can fill us in the stats. Well, Celtic have already got two points more than they achieved all of last season. They've 84 points on the board this year, and they managed 82 the whole of last year. 
So it's been that's impressive. And like I mentioned before, in circumstances, it's actually quite extraordinary. And the run since Christmas, in fact, come back from winter break has been exceptional. Um, and there hasn't really been a, 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 a cut-off point after Rogers left. It's been maintained. Or right, a couple of draws here and there, but like I say, a lot of them, two of them were after the, the, the title was done. Um, but it's a heck of an achievement, 84 points already. Uh, and saying two more than last year, with two games to go, that's not to be sniffed up. Yeah, and, and also, I, I know a lot of Celtic fans won't miss, but Rangers are better well, the, than the, this the, season well, than Aberdeen were last season. Points, They're just a better wise, team. Points wise, have improved. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the healthy margin is, is not quite snide enough to be the kind of the line that you're, you're usually a line there that just like kind of it just stops short, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's I just, mean, you're thinking, is that, is, that a, is that a response to the, the tangible reach yeah. from, uh, from Dave King? Um, healthy margin, tangible reach. That's not, not, we're not quite the knife and the, the side that you expect from. Yeah. I mean, it could, I sometimes mean, it, it could end up more. You know, we've, we've still got to go to Ibrox. We well, could end up double figures before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, if it does end up double figures, I mean, we've already discussed everything that went wrong for Celtic. And this is probably out of the eight. This is probably the hardest fought title I can really remember, given all the turmoil that came about. But you know. Rangers pushed the boat out for Steve Gerrard they pushed the boat out for all these players you know they, they reduced Celtic's capacity so they could sell more they squeeze as much juice out of that Lennon as they possibly can and everything's gone wrong for Celtic that it possibly could so mm. you wonder in the link to next season what are they? What can they do to close this this healthy margin I, I don't know if there's much it's a healthy margin but it, healthy margins in, in football doesn't take much I mean Celtic win the last two games, what, 90 points, wins the league, which is pretty much the average 90, early 90 points is winning the league most years. Um, so, I mean, you look at the, the close competitor, Rangers need to find probably, they may end up with 80 odd points, they need to find 10 points to really, really challenge. 10 points over the course of a season. When you look back at some of the Rangers results, it doesn't take much to find 10 points. Hmm. Um, okay, okay, but, so, uh, but that's on the presumption that Celtic are going to remain static and Rangers are going to improve their season by ten points. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so that leads us on nicely then to every window prior to every window. You think Celtic are going to spend big, hmm. and they don't. Okay, Odson Edward record signing, nine odd million. But given that they raised seven odd million from Rogers' departure and his backroom staff, nineteen point. Eight million for Dembele, mm. uh, seven million for Armstrong, laddie laddie da. Van Dyke kickback as well. Van Dyke seven million or whatever it was the sell-on clause. Potentially a Dembele kickback. Is is Dermot going to be prompted into action when you also factor in Rangers' tangible reach? Well, one thing I will say is you can mitigate. You know, if if, if you're going to go down the road, Daniel Lennon, who is is a fine football manager, but he's not like as you said, box office. We're not going to get that again. Maybe we won't. We won't. But what you could you could mitigate that slightly by really backing him in a way that you, you haven't really backed Brendan in the last two windows. You know, because so, he hoovered up so much of the money himself. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look, if Neil Lennon goes like, I need five players, you know, I need five five million pound players. You know, maybe Brent, Dermot could say, well, look, we're not spending the money on Brendan. We've got this money sitting here, but we're going to make a push for it. And you could mitigate having maybe a slightly poorer manager by having better players on the field. Right. Do you think they will, Michael? I think... I think there's a recognition about how important you touched on it, James, as well. That this next two years are huge in terms of Celtic's overall um, history and everything else. So now would be the time to do it. Um, I think there has to be there has to be a little bit of tweaking done in, the, in terms of Celtic's business. The, the squad is bloated beyond belief. Yeah. 
Lagebow is is massively um, out of kilter with what they've got for the for the money. I, mean, I think it's a, a big, I mean, fifty nine million pound wage bill. A lot of his bonuses, remember, as well, um, is coming to success. But the wage bill is high for what they get for it. Yeah. I think I think that that will clear. Some of the lot of players leaving are on a lot of money as well. Um, so I think if they can get to a point where they've got, I still think get a starting eleven who are all on thirty five grand a week. I mean, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll cost the league for a start. But it's, I think they've got to look at Europe. We've got to give them a better chance. I think that was Brendan Rodgers. I think was quite within his rights to 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 be fairly. That's what he went for. Some time he went for. I think were a bit a bit daft to be honest with you. But he was within his rights to be feel a lot bit aggrieved at the way that they didn't really tool up in time for the European games. And that's the ones that I think are crucial for Celtic. The league will take care of itself. Celtic will have enough quality to compete for the title next year. Like you can't tell me they can get they can get ninety points this season with a reserve team. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly sure they can get the same again next year with a, a, a stronger starting yeah, yeah. and and squad. So it's all about Europe. It's about getting players that are capable of getting through the qualifiers. And listen, the Champions route's still there. I don't buy this three or five years. The Champions route presents a great opportunity. So well, it's open. It'll get slammed shut in the next couple of years. So they should be getting to the Champions League. I don't buy this. It's a, I know it's four games. I know it's tough. I know it's early. Celtic have got enough to get to that Champions League group stage yeah. as a minimum. So Celtic's budget would have dwarfed like oh, Athens, would it not? It's not a oh, should have won. Oh, Athens. Athens, they'd spend a lot of money in, in Greek terms and European terms, but they're, they're comparable at best. And it turned out to the door. Ah, they were terrible. They were honking. They turned out they were fairly honking. Um, so the, the, that's to be the, the, the bare minimum, I think. That's the bare minimum target to get to that group stage. Uh, and it's about getting the players that they can get on there. The problem I've got is when you start going to that market, see that 35 grand to 60 grand a week category, you find yourself in a market with a lot of these English reserve players that yeah. are a lot of money and aren't very good. Yeah. And you get a, a, a backup right back in England getting 40 grand a week, sitting on a bench all week for, for Southampton or turns out to be not very good. Um, that's where they need to find somebody who is on that upward arc that wants to get to England but who may be earning five grand a week somewhere in France or Spain or Croatia or all that stuff. Give them 35, incentivise them and get them anything, get the 100 grand a week on England. Like we've seen before, that's the only guys they want to get. Find them as a different ball game. So, so maybe that was the problem with your point, Jamie, the fact that you said if they get five, five million pound players, if you're getting a five million pound player, the wage automatically will be Well, a five million pound player, too unfortunately these days, is, it's not great. I mean, mm. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like, you look at something like the English market, forget, five million pound doesn't get you a decent haircut and shave down south. But it can get you a good, good player from the Balkans or Scandinavia, yeah. can't it? As you say, the rising... Stars, yeah, or make them into a five million pound player, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's that, but then everybody's looking for that. Yeah. Uh, the Celtic's biggest challenge next season is definitely the recruitment, as you say. There's a lot of players leaving, there's a lot of players out of contract, and a lot of players we should move on. Um, and there's a lot of key positions that we need. You know, Celtic's problem, as you've said, is we have good players, but they only seem to fit the standard of living when you go beyond that. You know, when you go in, when you dip into the reserves. They don't seem to be very good. You can't have players like Callum McGregor and Kieran Tierney playing 15, 60 games a season. You, know, yeah, you need, no, to, have, you need yeah. to have guys capable of stepping in. Yeah. Mika Lustig looks as if his best days are behind him, although if Neil Lennon's manager suspect he might probably get another year or so. You know, We need a goalkeeper. We definitely need a striker up there with Eduard. You know, there's key areas in the pitch that we really need to strengthen. Um, and I think recruitment is probably a bigger challenge for Celtic next year. The recruitment, that, will, that won't be the manager's domain. No. That will be away from the manager um, but I think when it comes to like, back to the managerial appointment 
Brendan Rodgers, I think, people slot his recruitment because his man came in and they did sign quite a lot of, quite a lot of rubbish, right enough. But the great thing that Rodgers had in his, his, his locker was Brendan Rodgers was, was terrific at turning a 500 grand player into a 5 million pound player and a 3 million pound player into a 13 million pound player. When you look at guys who, I mean, Chris Ayer, Carl McGregor, James Forrest, Keon Tierney, Mr. Dembele, I mean, Ryan Christie, Tom Rogic, all these players were improved under Brendan Rodgers. Didn't sign most of them, but improved them. So the manager at Celtic, should the manager at Celtic be just a guy who gets the team winning every week and then works in tandem with the recruitment department? Or is he going to be a guy who turns players into assets? That's the kind of, this is all part of the... So they're not mutually exclusive, are they? Dundee, Dundee manager matrix, this is the Celtic manager matrix. Yeah. Yeah. need a motivator, an organiser, who can get them through qualifiers and get them to over titles, but can also turn a 500 grand player into a 5 million pound player on a consistent basis. How do you get that? Are they two, are they two the same guy? That's the problem. They've got is it for Celtic, haven't they? Well, that's what I mean. But, um, I think Rodgers I think was both those guys. I think he's, he's, I don't think he's getting a great eye for that player as such. I think he can make a player. I'm not sure about that. I mean, he's recruiting a lot of players also, but I mean, I blamed it. <laughs> the transfer committee. So I don't, I don't know about the, the, the eye for an actual player, but he can't deny that he can turn players um, into uh, make better players. But that's where do you find the, the managers got both these qualities, all these qualities? Is it, is it going to be both? Because there's been a lot of talk about whether Celtic are going to go for a director of football, head coach type role. Yeah. Um, do you think that's, is that something they're exploring? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Do you it's think been, it's been spoken about for a while. It's been spoken for a while. Um, this, is, this is maybe part of Peter Lowell's longer term exit strategy to me is. He's been there a long time. Um, I don't think, I think he'll think about it a lot. I think he likes it too much to, yeah. to, to go now, but I think, I think long term he is looking for some sort of exit strategy. So a director of football there, would make sense longer term. I think it's something that's been mentioned a few times over the years. Maybe more so now with Rogers leaving, it's a chance to kind of look at the structure. It wouldn't surprise me if it did that as well. Um, but the head coach would still be the same criteria. Win trophies, get in the Champions League and make these players assets. Um, and sometimes these are conflicting motives, aren't they? Sometimes it's like playing a guy who maybe is maybe struggling for half a season because they will get the benefit next year and make money two years in the line it's not always working in tandem so yeah. it's a difficult one I think the thing is Rogers managed to balance it I think Roger balanced it because he brought in a, a, a sort of English Premier League work ethic organisation yeah. everyone in the Celtic team even now you know they're calling him a genius that even when Neil Lennon came in he says the standards that Brendan Rogers set were unbelievable I mean you, I think the worry is as a Celtic fan you know we were up here with Brendan Rogers the training the diet the, the organisation the way they done absolutely everything yeah and, and that is uh, that is probably a major part of what improved these players. So, in many ways, the board know how it works. There's no really a magic formula. You just go out and get the absolute best manager you can pay money for, and yeah. it, and it works. Yeah. Um, and and to, I think there's you know a nervousness that if you veer away from that, you know if there's I don't think there's any doubt that Neil Lennon would be a step down in in, in many respects from Brendan Rodgers. Listen, well, I think anyone will be. Though, I think yeah. anyone will be. Yeah. I think I think Rodgers is. The real deal when it comes to the manager. I mean, I think um, he talked to the players, and I think, and he he did. He was well. I, mean, I think he's, he's, I think he recognised that he could win the league. Mm. He could put you eye on some team <laughs> most week. Um, well, maybe you, maybe not me. But no, definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Look at fucking jersey big enough for me, yeah. I suppose. But um, but we want to give guys a chance. I mean, and listen, Cal McGregor's a great example. Cal McGregor's a guy who's always been a great little squad player, and nobody everyone's happy with him. But he wouldn't be a guy to build a team round. Mm. And and for a while, Rogers kept playing him every week, week in, week out. Maybe it's maybe at times when people were thinking it's strange why he's not playing. Even last year before last, it was Stuart Armstrong or somebody else for for Cal McGregor. Well, look at the benefit they've had this year. I mean, Cameron is probably the most intelligent football player in Scotland. Nice, I mean, the way he reads the game, um, he's always been a great passer ball with good feet and all that stuff. But the way he reads the game now is unbelievable. And that's all down to Rodgers. I mean, he's moulded him and, and was patient and he's made him to have Ryan Christie as well. Ryan Christie, I mean, a year ago, people were going, what's the, what's the point of having Ryan Christie really? He's a good player, but not good enough. All of a sudden, he's injured. People are thinking, that's an anchor. Yeah. It's a guy who's one of the first picks in the team. Uh, but Patrick went nowhere, but he kept persevering and coaching them. Finding these guys, but that's a, a real top, top class manager, yeah. coach. Uh, I suppose he coached more than anything else. Finding that is, is nigh impossible, getting that level of coach again. Because um, I think Rogers will eventually be, again, I think they will get back to being like a top four England. Mm. I mean, I, I'd, you could end up at Stamford Bridge again. But come the summer, he could. I mean, I understand. He took the Leicester job because he will get a job on the back of Leicester. He wouldn't get the job on the back of Celtic. So I understand why he took it. But um, the, the clubs down in England now, when you look at Chelsea, Arsenal, I'm probably thinking, maybe we should have, maybe we should have had a phone them. Maybe you could phone them somewhere, you'd probably go anyway. Uh, <laughs> I know, I'm Leicester fans, be careful. I love the way that eulogy just turned into an assassination of the guy. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Right, uh, on to Sunday now. There's been so much chat, kind of sparked a wee bit in a sense by Chris Sutton tweeting on Saturday uh, about this guard of honour. Now, Ibrox, should it go ahead, Jamie? Remind me that it was about guard of honour. There, there aren't any. Do we do, do we do guards of honour here? Because see, if you do it, you, you need to do it for Celtic. I mean, I don't personally care, but I mean, it, it's turned into a sort of a... Uh, I think Hearts did it last season, didn't they? Yeah, it's a sort of... Get it up, you think? I think the Celtic fans just want to see Rangers give Celtic the guard the honour, but I don't think anybody in the Celtic team will particularly care about getting one. Are you? Do you care then? As no, I, I know this doesn't make good podcasts, and I don't particularly care, but it would be funny to see Rangers have to give Celtic the guard the yeah, honour. Right? Yeah. It'd be petty and funny for me. It's quite uh, interesting. I don't know if you've just been political, but uh, Stephen Gerrard, after the win over Hibs, said, uh, "I don't know." When asked about will there be a guard of honour, I need to speak to the board. I mean, yeah, is, that, is he really contemplating it? Oh, listen, I think he was caught in the hop. I was there yesterday. He kind of caught in the hop with the question. He didn't really know what, what the basis was. He'd been so just yeah. kind of back that way. I would ban guards on her. I can't stand them. I think the the rubbification of football and all that stuff. The what? No, rubbification oh. football. So this is this is for Farquhar and the pals. Guards are on her. Get it. Yeah. Get it. Go on. Can't bother them. This is what I mean. It seems like sporadic. Listen, yeah, oh, I can't bother them. Mm. It's like f- football is the most sneaky, underhanded. Um, business. I mean, players will, will, will dive and they'll, they'll batter each other and all that stuff. And like, do we get the one? No, no, listen, it's, it's full, isn't it? It's just, just not. Aye. It's been mentioned before, but I think it was not. It's not Hibs didn't do one for Rangers and they got upset because Hibs didn't have the James Tavernier. Yeah, the, the, the good grace to give him a to give him a, a guard honour. Um, it's just another thing to get upset about, really, isn't it? Like if if they don't do the guard on, other people are a bit huffy about it. Certain fans just want to just twist exactly. want to see yeah. the faces uh-huh. they do it, uh, especially Ibrox. But they can't, they can't do, they can't do one. No. They can't, they just can't do one. 
like it. I mean, it doesn't matter. We can debate it from now to, to, to kick off. But it's not going to happen. Okay, thanks for killing that. <laughs> uh, right. right, Lenny. Lenny and his corner joy. Uh, you touched on it earlier on, Michael, about sexy football making a, a, a brief return at least I don't know my life I used it but you said they were better because you're different it's just my head yeah, yours, obviously. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think the podcast is the place for that uh, yeah Neil Lennon was delighted with the scoring from a corner and a diving header something that the, the former that they hadn't done all season scoring from a corner correct well, not not entirely. No, no. It depends. Depends if you're talking about direct from a corner kick. No, but when are we talking first phase, second phase? Yeah, because I think if you're counting second phase, I think Celtic are third in the league for scoring from scoring. Yeah, but the convert. Oh, really? Technically, but the conversion rate is appalling. It's mm. under the average goals from corner kicks first or second phase is about two and a half percent. Celtic is about one and a half. Because Celtic average over ten corners a game. They get 16 at home game, they average 16 games. 16 mm. goals at home! I think that's, but what you've said is quite interesting there, the conversion rate for a ball. But it's 2.5% and I think, I think that, that uh, a lot of people don't realise yeah. it's that low. Because every time someone's you got for a corner you think, hey, we've got a good chance of getting a goal here, but the, the fact what? is you really don't. What, yeah, in like football in general? You're, I'm sure you're more, yeah, in football in general, you're more likely to score from your own by kick or an opposition corner than your own corner. You're more likely mm-hmm. to hit the lightning, I think, or a bit yeah. of a shark. Yeah. Uh, the Celtic score from a corner. Okay. But I think, I think it's 2.5% is, is the average for most teams uh, scoring from corner kicks, first or second phase, or whatever, but I think Celtic below that. Because they, they get so many corners, I mean, you're 16 at home. If you get 16 corners at home game, you think they'd be a good chance of getting one or two away, but they don't. Um, which is something that's bugged. Neil Lennon. Yeah, well, but, uh, I was just going to say. Have improved on that, I think. You've really bored me by all this, but Neil Lennon was enthused. Well, I, 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 I like my, you know, I like my stats. That's ah. um, I think, um, but it's a, it's a, a basic. Can you think it's an opportunity to ball in the box and get in there and, and head away? And it was a great, it was a great goal. Um, I think before that, I think, I think it was two. I think, I think the, the, the Scott Brown one at Kilmarnock, remember. Uh, the last minute goal was came from a corner kick and then uh, Boyata scored at Hamilton from a corner kick. Yeah. But oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been few and far between. Um, and like, if you're a Celtic manager and you're getting 16 corner kicks a week, you want to cause a threat from some of them. So I'm understand why he's delighted. Okay, okay. Uh, let's return to the, the game at Ibrox uh, this weekend. How much of a significance if Celtic beat Rangers is there for Lennon being been appointed full time, anointed and appointed. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I, I think it's going to be a really tough game at Ibrox. Games after you've won the league, anyway, are, are already a lot tougher than they need to be a lot of the time. Um, I think Rangers were stung by, certainly by, the celebrations at Parkhead, but also by losing at yeah. Parkhead the way they lost. You know, you know, Celtic might have won the game, but I, I was at it and Rangers had, you know, a good turn. A good second half, yeah. They had a good second half in that game. You know, they'll have a target of wanting to win both Glasgow derbies at Ibrox. They'll not want, want to get beat there. Right. But at the end of the day, I still think Celtic are the better team. Celtic got a lot of winners in their side. They've got the better players. They've got a lot of winners. Scott Brown is they going to just go over. The league's done. You know, they're going to try here. Neil Lennon will definitely have them organised and they'll be right up for the game because I think you're right. I think you know, if Neil Lennon wants this job, the Glasgow derby at Celtic Park, the Glasgow Derby at Ibrox. So, if Celtic lose this weekend, he's not getting a job, you think? I don't think it's as critical as that, but I think it's uh, winning this game would... You know, when he sat down with Peter Lowell, 
this would have been one they identified that they want to they want to win. They want to get the league over the line. They want to win at Parkhead. They want to win the cup, and they want to win at Ibrox. Okay, Michael. I think this is really interesting because the two teams this year, I think um, when the pressure has been on Rangers, they've folded, and when the pressure has been on Celtic, they've risen to the occasion. When the pressure has been off Celtic, they've no bothered about the backside or whatever. Um, so so who's the pressure is off? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Sorry, sorry. The pressure off Rangers, they look terrific. So the last four weeks, Rangers have been on teams left, right and centre because no pressure on them. They've looked at world beaters. As soon as the pressure goes on, it changes. I think the pressure is on Rangers, but at the same time, it's off Celtic. So it's two teams that are in optimum circumstances for performance are both not getting met that next weekend. Um, but it's not off Lennon, though, is it? It's not off Lennon. Lennon's not the park. You can only do so much. Right. Um, so it's, I think it's really interesting when you look I mean, the, the, the old firm game at, at, at Celtic Park summed up for me. I thought uh, Celtic were good for a while. Um, Rangers went 10 men, no pressure on them with 10 men. All of a sudden, Rangers are the better team. And they were, they, were, they were terrific for a spell. As soon as Bayata limps off, the quarter out to go, there was almost a realisation that, that the momentum is strong and the pressure was then on Rangers to go and finish the game off and win the match. And they buckled. Mm. And that summed it up. That summed it up. So when the heat's on, Rangers will and, and Celtic stand up. So this is going to be weird because the pressure, I think the pressure is on Rangers for performance at home to, to, to take to the next season. This is off Celtic, so both both teams are, are not going to be in the circumstances which is their natural environment. Yeah, of course. So yeah. It's, I think it's going to be interesting to see if Lennon can create a pressure for the team that he's under, therefore I think then it's different. He's a master at that as well, though, and isn't he? And the actual the game itself, and the kind of desire to beat your rival, that should create that. But listen, deep down it isn't there. I've seen even old firm games after Leeds have been won, they tend to get won by the team that's, that's been beaten overall in the league. So it's very interesting to see how Lennon's task this week would create that, that tension and pressure that does seem to get the best out of Celtic. Um, there is a lot of pressure on, on Rangers and there's a lot of pressure on Stephen Gerrard in this game because... You know, their season, I mean, their season's been pretty miserable. They're, they might have improved, but to win only one from Glasgow Derby, to then finish potentially double figures behind Celtic after all the investment that he's been given and all the talking about tangible reach and all this sorts of stuff, I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of pressure on Rangers and a lot of pressure on Steven Gerrard in this game. Um, but as you said, again, I think Neil Lennon will create a lot of pressure for himself because he will absolutely want to win this game. Yeah. You know, you know He'll see this as setting down a marker for himself to get the job. I think, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think I don't think there should be any pressure. I think the the team should be packed away. I think Scott Brown, Cal McGregor, Michael Lustig, all these guys should be put away. They're a cup final in the corner. Would you uh, play? Would you just get the reserves? Out? Well, listen, the, doesn't it work that way though? Does it? I mean, Celtic or Rangers? The, well, that, well, you mentioned so, Kieran Tierney. That's a worry because you're right. He shouldn't be playing. I thought it was actually quite surprising. He came out last week and said they had a double here near most. Players don't usually come out and say, I've got an injury here or an injury there, which leads me to believe that we might not see him again. But what your options at left back, I mean, we're probably going to end up with Johnny Hayes because as a gear, he's just no at at all. Yeah, I mean, they could, I mean, I think um, there's almost a many they could, they, could, they could rest. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think Samuelovich and I have been rested. They've not played the, the no. 60 games this year. Um, Tolian hasn't even been any good, but, um, but you give him a game maybe, or even play Tony Ralston. Right back. Um, I think I'll stick with Lustig though. He's not a guy who's a break. I mean, he's, right, um, but there is one guy who's had quite a bit of a break, uh, at least in playing terms, and that's Lee Griffiths. Are we going to see him back? 
Mm. I don't think this season. No. So you don't. No. Because Neil Lennon is quite quite strong, and they, they, he was yeah. basically urging Lee Griffiths to come on. Yeah, it's time we saw you again. Want to be him as well, but it's not. You don't think we'll see him on Sunday? Time, I, I no. I think I think mentally it'd be good for Lee Griffiths to get him back on a football pitch this season. I think. Maybe you know, help him. Oh, I think it would help him. Yeah. I think it'd be important for him to pull the jersey on and, and to have some minutes before the season's out. I think the last game, maybe the last game of season at Parkhead, yeah, maybe Sharks come off the bench, maybe something like that would be nice for him. I think, yeah, um, to do part of things for the season. But in terms of the cup final, the last meaningful game, I, I, I would doubt it. Um, but I, I do think, last uh, it's a Ibrox so fun and all that. It's you can't, don't often get a chance to just give guys a game or, or, or rest players. But is it the smartest thing to do? I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Celtic have been running the fumes for months. I think a lot of these guys could do a fortnight off. Um, but then you, do they want them battle ready for the final? Maybe. So it's a, it's a tricky one. I, I don't really know. What do you think? What do you think's a tougher game? A tougher game? Yeah. I think I think the Rangers game is tougher, but, yeah. but less meaningful. Yeah, I think. Um, Hearts. Oh, I must admit, I think Hearts are pretty pretty poor. Um, and the big pitch at Hamden, I, I don't think could be doing, can that? Uh, I could see it. I mean, they're, they're very one-dimensional. Yeah. I, I don't even have, I don't even look one dimension hearts. Mm. Like Piaz is injured as well, isn't he? Um, he's done. been struggling. He looks as though he's done his hammy weekend, didn't he? Uh, I don't have him. They smashed really. The wrong as to make it either. So I don't. Uh, it's a cup final. You get it's, you just need, need to win it. But I don't think hearts are going to provide that stiff in opposition. They've been honking for months. Um, so the Rangers get tougher, but it doesn't mean in the bigger scheme of things. Perhaps apart from to, to Lenny. and and the support probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's round this off with uh, Jose Mourinho. Yesterday or Sunday that is. In the afternoon, a tweet came out from respected Italia Sky Italia journalist. Uh, won't pronounce his name because I can't. And he said that they'd been approached by Celtic to Mourinho uh, and a couple of reporters checked out with uh, Celtic sources, sources, uh, HP and Red, I think <laughs> it was, and it came back, no, denied, complete complete rubbish was the response. Celtic also uh, intimated that they haven't begun any recruitment process, they haven't spoken to anyone else, would that be a dereliction of duty, Jamie? Well... If Celt- it's a it's a tough one because you know I hate to get a wee bit meta here, but if Celtic had come out and said to to the journalist, I we've not spoken to me, but we've spoken to others, and and Neil Lennon still got a handful of games to play and a cup final, that that would put Neil in a, a really precarious position. Do you not think? Uh, no. Listen, I, I don't agree. I when they say no rubbish, I would agree. I believe that sentiment. When they say that I haven't spoken to anyone else, I would be yeah. very sceptical of that, that statement and for the reasons given. Also, I understand why they can't say that they've been, they've been looking and they make discussions. They will make discussions, they've been contact made either to the club and from the club. Um, and I also understand why they've knocked down the, the, the Mourinho stuff because um, that's not The rumours have been flying about for, for weeks. Uh, listen, right. as we mentioned, the rounds for a while, wasn't it? And he's always spoke quite well of Celtic. Oh, well, he did, yeah, uh, yeah. But, um, but Celtic, listen, come on, the special one. You kind of you yeah. think, speaking journalistically, you think, let it rumble for a couple of days, I'll have fun with it. But Celtic don't really, can't really do that because if Celtic let that rumble for a couple of days, 
they're setting the expectation bar pretty high, and the, anyone they give the job to, whereas Lenny or anyone else, is going to be a bit of a down September step yeah. after being linked with Mourinho for a week. So I think they have to they have to manage expectations. I think that is the reason why that would be knocked down so firmly. But, but to answer your question, I think I I like going back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast. You know, Neil Lennon is a fine manager and he's done a terrific job. Um, and if he gets the job next season, so be it. But I think my personal point of view is that I just want to see a recruitment process. I want to see, okay, we looked at Neil Lennon, including everything he's done this season, and we looked at David Wagner and we looked at manager X and manager Y, we considered all the options, and, and we do believe Neil Lennon is still the best guy for the job. I don't think saying, oh, we took Neil Lennon and we didn't bother speaking to anyone else yeah. to see who's out there is, is necessarily the way to do it. But that being said, I don't think a club like Celtic they, they couldn't operate with blinkers on like you say they'd be getting approached by agents they'd be getting approached by out of work managers whether they want it or not and these conversations should have took Baxter's CV with something in the train see someone from Anders <laughs> <laughs> and um, aye, uh, Nevia Scala and all these guys aye. see uh, these guys uh, people going being, being approached and people with here the Celtic job might be available and they'll be putting the, the feelers out but I just, I just want to see a recruitment process. I think it would be a dereliction of duty to not even consider speaking to anyone else and just yeah. give it to Neil Lennon at that oh, point. I'd love, love to see Mourinho on touchline and Dingwall next year. That'd be amazing for you guys. It would be just, I mean, well, there was a section of fans who would, would, <laughs> would, would, would reel against it. I don't have forgiven them for, from Seville. Mm, uh, I think that would, any anger would soon dissipate if he actually got the job. Yeah, I think that's a very, very uh, small, that's a very small section of Tidy, almost. That's tinfoil, that's your pals on Twitter. That's an age that's thing. That's an age <laughs> thing. Must have must be the, the times when a healer. Because Mourinho's been hated for, for nearly 20 years. But see, let, let's just kind of enter the realms of fantasy. You've got two <laughs> arguments. Right? You've got uh, two <laughs> arguments. You've got one. HR next door, by the way. Be careful when we're going, You've got one camp that would kind of dream and say, well, Mourinho, he could could do a Rodgers and rehabilitate his career. He's now kind of stocks a wee bit lower, Mourinho. Uh, and you start putting that rationale together, you think, hmm, maybe, maybe. And then the other camp would say, well, he would command a salary of £10 million a year. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. And plus the fact, Thomas Tuchel is probably getting the sack at Paris Saint-Germain, given their Champions League failure and their... Coupe de France failure, so it's nonsense. I mean, I think you touched on it earlier, Michael, when you said there'll never be a, a big name of that. Well, you, can't, you can't say never, but I... Well, you did. <laughs> it does sound like something I would say. Yeah. Um, the problem I have with a manager like that is a high maintenance manager needs to be maintained. And it's not just in terms of the wages, it's also in terms of demands. And I think it got to a point with Celtic and the Rogers that became an issue. Um, maintaining a high maintenance manager was, was difficult. Um, really needed the makes mm-hmm. Rogers look completely small fry when it comes to demands. Mourinho um, was falling out with every single person he worked with for, for 20 odd years. Um, oligarchs and all that, so we fall out with anyone. Um, I can't, I mean, Mourinho could have his pick of any club in, in the world, pretty much. You say that though, but would, would PSG fans be happy if, if Mourinho pitched up? Because like you know, like we sort of touched on, he is a bit. I mean, he's a bit yesterday's man. You know, didn't he really work out from it, man? You his best days were maybe behind him a wee bit. You know, a club that PSG might be looking to the future. I think Mourinho's whole next home is probably your your, your second tier European, maybe like a Lyon or Roma. 
somewhere like that. I think he's uh-huh. more likely to uh-huh. end up. We'll probably still get more money at Celtic. Definitely get more money at Celtic, but I, I don't. I, I just don't see him as an elite, elite manager. Uh, I don't, you don't, think, don't think one of the top five decades of managers all times an elite manager. No, I no no. I see him as that. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if these elite clubs would necessarily be looking at Mourinho. I don't know. I, don't, I still think he still carries pretty much. I know he wants. He wants the PSG job. That's uh, the one. I think he still, still carries a lot of clout. Um, I, I think immediately after his Manchester United spell, maybe he was a bit frowned upon. But it's going back to what you said earlier. A wee bit of time elapses. A wee bit of distance grows, and it's then you just remember Mourinho twice Champions League winner. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think. I, I think we're back at that objective stage. is to win the Champions League at all costs. Then you know, yeah, I'm probably contradicting myself here. They, they might just put up with Mourinho and see how I, it goes. I think Mourinho is still on the would be in the frame for the top fifteen jobs in the world. I think when they come up from I, America. But, uh, um, I know. But so I mean, no, fifteen's fifteen's up. You know what, I think that is the only way Mourinho would pitch up a Celtic, but I think you're right, uh, if, he fan, if he didn't get the PSG job and he's looking and he's going, well I'm not getting an elite club, my choices are X, Y and Z, I might as well go to Celtic, but I, I just I, I don't see it. I don't. I, I, don't, see I don't know it. Right off, I, I must admit, when, when we were working on the, the Rogers story a couple of years ago, it was a bit of a thing. I can't, I can't see it. You can't see Ben and Rogers, and then all of a sudden there's fifteen thousand at Parkhead, and, and Rogers walks through the building. And Stephen Gerrard at Rangers, Steven albeit Gerard's he hadn't he hadn't coached maybe, or anything. But maybe it's slightly different that one. Yeah. But, um, but Rogers, who was I'm talking about the sense of the name though. Yeah. You know. But but <laughs> the is another level again. Yeah. Um, so what level are Celtic at then? I thought I just we just have visions of you know the, next to the, the taxi that I'm right yeah. <laughs> next to the zebra, hearing uh, up and down the touchline, I mean, celebrating that. I just, uh, I mean, I mean, his shoes cost more than the entire Hamilton like his squad probably. Yeah. Like, um, so. And the, the question for Celtic though is like, as you say, you push the boat out and you get Mourinho, and he's going to need backed. But, but even with Mourinho and the maximum amount of backing you could give Jose Mourinho, we're just talking fantasy here. How, how much better could Celtic do in the Champions League? Because there's obviously a ceiling for Celtic, given how the sort of calibre of player they can afford. So, you know, if, if Brendan Rodgers couldn't break through that, that ceiling... Lennon did. Well, has football gone on? Has it evolved even further now? Is it disparity oh, greater? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to play this... this can I, can I when is Barcelona wins? Like? If you go play this kind of game... Mourinho, you'd be back when you get Celtic to the last 16 Champions League, genuinely. There's no, there's nobody better in world football at, at getting results against better teams than Mourinho as well. I mean, he's he's, he's managed the the real elite teams that are the better team, but when he's playing against teams that are better than his, he's fantastic at it. In fact, that's probably strength. Yeah. So you think if he had, even with limited resources, you would you would eat everything out that a, a, a team like that. But listen, <laughs> I mean, there's absolutely no chance of me going on a hot date with Kelly Brook and. and <laughs> Right, okay, so please answer me, Michael. If we're not at Mourinho level uh, and they're not at Benitez, or, or are they? No? I think they can ask the question. I think they can ask the question, but I, I suspect the answer would be. So would be g- give us a name that the, the level that they're at then. I don't, don't see any Lennon. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, you, you do look at guys. I mean, you look at guys like David Moyes and all that stuff. Moyes, 
I think we'll be bringing around. See the thing about Davy Moyes is everyone makes that noise when you mention Davy Moyes. I don't understand that. Uh, but I don't because see when you look back at his Man United tenure, I mean he's, he's done better in Europe than any subsequent manager. Like, he won the Europa League, wasn't he? No, Jose won the Europa League with Man U, but he's yeah. done better in the Champions League. But Man U have regressed. You know, since he sat down, they've not really done much. He done okay at West Ham. He's obviously still a competent manager. He's just not very trendy. He's, he's a bit had, drab. He's had what four jobs in the English Premier League. He's had. He was good four, at West Ham. He's had four Manager of the Year awards in England. Yeah. He's uh, he's managed Manchester United, one of the biggest clubs in the world. His CV, all right. I see, mate. A couple of daft moves he went to Sunderland was a bad yeah. one going to Spain was a bit daft as well mm. um, two, two bad choices did the right at West Ham did, did what he was required to do yeah, at West Ham yeah. uh, I don't get the sniffiness I think he's viewed as a bit doer um, I think I think that's it I think it's his personality uh, um, I, I, don't, I don't I think he would I think he's absolutely made for the Scotland job if they can persuade him to take the Scotland job I think that's one I don't think but he, he was he was rather cool about when I on asked on TalkSport about the Celtic job he was kind of basically saying rather well I want to go back to England yeah and that's, that's, that's what I want to be that's, 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 that's where the money is and the yeah, but, to go, but to go public with that yeah, you yeah, know, to actually I, admit that mm, when there's a potential job I, 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 the, the job where he spoke to Celtic the job before the Rodgers got it yeah. and by the way see if he got the job then I, um, St. Rogers wasn't in the scene when he got the job he got by the way 5,000 at Parkhead the Parkhead then yeah. three yeah. years ago not so, maybe not so much now um, because he's made a couple of bomb choices since then but I, I think they'd be just completely discounting Moyes but I think there's been too much water in the bridge for Celtic um, for that to happen now but, but Scotland can, can happen that's nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay guys Thank you very much. That's all from us this week. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Acast to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.